Welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. I am Sterling Holmes coming at you guys live on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon in Kansas City. Um, no Matt Connor today. He was questionable, then doubtful, now listed as out with an illness. So we are hoping Matt Connor feels better soon. So we are going to open this bad boy up. It is going to be the old fashioned AMA Ask Me Anything, obviously, within reason. But come on now, I'm pretty open. You can ask me pretty much anything and you will get a legit answer. Um, First takeaway is we're going to talk about the Ravens Chiefs victory before we move on and talk a little look ahead as the Chiefs face the Niners yet again in the Super Bowl. When it comes to the previous game, if you come for the King, you best not miss the Ravens. They tried all week to keep things calm. They weren't like the Bills. There was no Deion Dawkins. There was no Jamar Chase trash talk coming up before the game. There was a little bit, but not much. You heard Lamar Jackson give glowing reviews about Patrick and the Chiefs, talking about how, you know what, it's not fun playing in Kansas City because they're so good. And then Justin Tucker just had to poke the bear. You don't do that. Why would you do that? It was absurd. Then you hear Justin Tucker talking post-game saying, yeah, they took it a little more seriously than I did or than, than the team did. Well, guess what? Looked like the Chiefs took the game more seriously than you guys did. Chiefs get a victory at 17-10. And I'm sitting here going, have we been hoodwinked? Have we been um, lied to? Are we getting hustled by this Kansas City Chiefs team? Because that's what it feels like. Regular season, just over a month ago, Chiefs fell to the lowly Raiders, and we thought all was lost. We thought, okay, season's over. You can't win every year. The Chiefs will retool. It's sad they were going to ruin this great defense, but they'll retool, get right, and the offense will get better with some wide receivers. Hold on. Sometimes I guess we have to listen to what Mahomes and Andy Reid says. They said, we know how to fix this. They did. I know a lot of times we think it's coach speak, and hell, it probably was coach speak. But things from that moment on started to trend up. The Chiefs right now back in the Super Bowl. A couple of comments I'm going to get to now. First one from Steve Morlock. The entire country will be Niner fans against the KC Swifties. It's true, though, man. Like the first Super Bowl, think, think this through. The first Super Bowl in the Mahomes era what, 49 states were rooting for Kansas City? Everyone was a Chiefs fan. It was a bunch of guys, a team that had not won a Super Bowl in 50 years, right? Remember the whole slogan, 50 years, a lifetime. But it was true. The the, the Chiefs at this point were the underdogs. They were the beloved team. Well, fast forward five years later, the Chiefs are hated. They are now the New England Patriots. The dynasty, the baton has been handed and there was no break in between. I honestly feel pretty bad for AFC teams, like, let's be truthful now. Try and take this from an unbiased perspective here. Tom Brady played till he was about 45. Teams in the AFC were sick and tired of the Patriots to begin with, and yet his reign lasted so damn long. But there was no reprieve. There was no five-year stretch, 10-year stretch, even a couple-year stretch in in between where the AFC was wide open. The baton was handed directly to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you are the 
Bengals, if you are um, any team in the AFC North, the Bills, if you are the Ravens, the Steelers, if you are any team in the AFC, you're sitting here going, we finally thought we would have an opportunity. We finally thought that with big bad Tom Brady retired and gone, the AFC is wide open. The Chiefs said no. So I understand why the Chiefs are now the hated, they're the hunted, and quite frankly, they're the villains. The Chiefs went from the heroes to the villains very quickly. And I love it. Quite frankly, I think the Chiefs players love it as well. They like being the villains. They're able to also play the underdog card. They're the underdogs when they went on the road against the Bills. Check. One. They went to Baltimore. They were the underdogs. Check. One. They will be going to Las Vegas, AFC West, or Arrowhead West, if you will. They're the underdogs. One more check away. Uh, Rhino says, Sterling, please make it make sense. How the Chiefs are underdogs in the Super Bowl. Thank you. Um, good question, Rhino. Don't disagree. Um, I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to win this game. Sorry, newsflash. They've shown me enough in the playoffs already for me to believe that they are going to win this game. But I understand the natural media perspective here of the, the, the Niners have been, them and the Ravens, the best two teams all season long. So what they're thinking is, what do we value more? Who's playing better football right now or the entire track record? I understand. Vegas is not the business of losing money. This is not some slight to Kansas City. Again, Vegas doesn't build those palatial castles because they are in the business of losing money. I just think they have it wrong. Again, I think the Chiefs right now, I'm valuing Mahomes and the way the offense is starting to click coupled with the defense. I value that more than Brock Purdy and a very good 49ers team. I also think the Niners defense is a little bit overrated at this point. Um, I don't know how much that matters because the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in particular have shown that they can go up against the number one ranked defense and decimate them. Um, now I know what people are probably going to say is they only scored 17 points against the Ravens defense. While I would obviously agree because that's what the stats show. You're telling me if that was a tied game, you would not have seen Patrick Mahomes in the offense continuously starting to roll. No, they said Lamar Jackson ain't going to beat us. Lamar Jackson is not going to all of a sudden put up two touchdowns and take the lead. So what did the chiefs do? They ran at the clock and they played very conservatively. It worked. And quite frankly, it actually gave me a newfound respect for Tom Brady because I always said, you know, Tom Brady's system quarterback, Tom Brady, check down Charlie. But then I realized you don't always have to make the best play, make the smart play. Who cares about the box score when you care about wins? Again, it goes back to week 17 or the 17th game week 18 when Travis Kelsey decided, you know what? Me sitting a week rather than getting 16 yards to get another 1,000-yard season, what's more important? Travis Kelsey's looked 25, 26, 27. That was sitting out of the week. He understood what was going on. So I think Mahomes is starting to understand you don't have to go for 350 and three touchdowns every single game. Sometimes make the smart play. I was talking to Seth Kaiser uh, actually yesterday. Love Seth Kaiser. Great guy. Check out his uh, Chief of the North newsletter right there on Substack. But He's been charting Mahomes in the playoffs. Zero turnover-worthy throws. Zero. This is a situation where he understands the situation. Mahomes understands he does not have to go out there and be a superhero. He makes the plays early on, 
then you sit on the ball. No reason to give Lamar or the Ravens any chance of getting hope. No chance of turning the ball over of where a receiver can make a, a, a misstep. And then you saw game on the line. What do they need? Third and nine. He can bust it back out. He can, he can hold, hold say, okay, fine. I will make the game winning throw. And he did. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A uh, couple more questions. I saw one about Charles and Minahu. Um... Yeah, it's devastating. Charles Aminahu, torn ACL, will not be playing, obviously, in this game. What this means for the next season, just his career going forward remains to be seen. When will he be ready? Uh, we will talk about that, obviously, all offseason long. But in regards to Charles Aminahu being out, this is a big loss in the fact that he was really coming into his own. Charles Aminahu was becoming the, whatever your, whatever your thoughts are on Karloftis or him, who's number two behind Chris Jones, um, I'll entertain either. They, they play a little different styles. So if you want to say 2A, 2B, but they lost one of their top three best pass rushers and a guy who a lot of times could win quickly, uh, obviously very long, can uh, affect passers in the passing lanes. Charles Amendo is going to be a big loss. But what the Chiefs have done all season long, next man up. It's next man up. It's going to be the exact same thing here. Uh, when Nick Bolton was injured, it was next man up. When Willie Gay Jr. was injured, it was next man up. When Brian Cook got injured, then Mike Edwards got injured, then Shamari Connor went out of the game for a second. Who, who, what happened? It was next man up, and Deion Bush had the interception. The Chiefs have done this all year long. This will continue. Charles Aminahu earned that Super Bowl ring in the AFC Championship game. That, that play he made to strip Lamar Jackson, and by the way, George Karloftis... You think they worked on that in practice as far as just landing on the ball and not trying to pick it up and run? I'm sitting here going, awesome. They, they worked on something. We're, we're not going to try and make the hero play. We're making the smart play, which, again, I think goes to the uh, the notion of what I'm trying to say here. But it will be next man up. Mike Dana got a large increase in snap count share when uh, you saw Charles O go down. But you also saw a nice increase, a nice bump to Turk Wharton. I thought Turk Wharton played a fine game as well. I do wonder, though, where the Chiefs go? Is Malik Herring going to get an increase? Does Frank Clark the Shark get a uh, get signed? Now, 
I don't think so. I'm sorry to all the people who love Frank Clark. And again, me too. I'm thinking of all the fond memories, especially in the playoffs of Frank Clark. But there's a reason why he was released from so many teams already this season. There's a reason why um, he's not here. There's a reason why the Chiefs basically chose Malik Herring over him. I would expect to see Mike Dana, Turk Wharton, and uh, Malik Herring get an increase in snaps more so than I would believe that Frank Clark gets re-signed. Maybe you see FAU get activated, but that seems to be a break in case of emergency. Again, if that happens, um, something terrible has seriously happened. Something has gone wrong. Um, G. uh, Peterson asks, how many opponents put three touchdowns on the Chiefs this season? Zip. Penalties wiped away a Chiefs drive and touchdown by really two questionable calls. Neither penalty on 65. Yeah, um, I've said this for a while. If you complain about the refs, it's a losing battle. If you complain about the refs when you're getting your ass kicked the entire game, when you headbutt Patrick Mahomes, when you try and close like him, clothesline him like it's WWE, uh, when in front of a referee you push a guy down and then spin a ball on him, these are blatant penalties, man. Like th- th- it is what it is. Baltimore fans that are complaining uh, that one dude who's trying to grow his YouTube channel, who was a backup quarterback in the NFL for five years, who's trying to take shots at the Chiefs and refs and they get all the calls. I'm sitting here going, you know why? We all know why. It's social media farming. It's engagement. They are trying to get the 31 other fan bases. They are trying to get 31 other fan bases to agree with him. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to they understand it's trendy. It's fun. You can get the majority of people to rip on the Chiefs because guess what? Again, people are tired of this Chiefs dynasty. They're tired of the wins. They want to see something new. So what's popular? Ripping on them. How can you get people to to follow you, to engage with you? Focus on the 31 other teams that aren't Kansas City. It's the lowest common denominator. I mean, quite frankly, it's... Um, repulsive. I, I I get so sick and tired because I doubt they even believe that. If that guy played in the NFL and they don't understand that clotheslining a guy, a quarterback of all people, is a 15-yarder, no, man. It's absurd to me. A uh, little bit of fun stuff here. DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead of the Super Bowl. You can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you'll receive both rewards, even if your first bet loses. When you join join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. I think you saw in that game, the Ravens and Chiefs, before we move on and talk Super Bowl, you saw a team that's been there before. You saw a team that understands the moment. And then on the other side with the Ravens, you saw a team where they wanted to try and prove that they were tough. They were trying to prove that they belonged. You saw a team that was undisciplined, that the lights were too bright. Lamar Jackson choked. I said going into this game, throw the rest of Lamar's playoff stats out. I I, I kept saying, I think Lamar's a a much better quarterback. I think the playoff stats don't tell the full picture of what he's been, what he's done. I think you can finally start to say, okay, maybe Lamar ain't a playoff quarterback because he had opportunity after opportunity 
And that was one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen, throwing into triple coverage. Not only that, Nick Bolton should have had one, but he had a cast on, couldn't catch because of the full-on cast on his arm. Lamar was bad, man. He was not good. Todd, Mon- Todd Munkin, who I've been praising all season long as the OC, did him no favors. But you can finally start having that conversation. But the penalties and, and the undisciplined nature of the Ravens told the full story. The Chiefs channeled the emotion. They channeled the passion. And they clearly had it working for them. Travis Kelsey was getting in the Ravens' domes while not going up to them after making a big catch, push it, pushing them down and spinning the ball on them. Zay Flowers' moment was too big. He tried to prove that he was tough. You know what's tough? Scoring a touchdown, not getting the ball punched out by the guy you spun a ball on two plays before. So the Chiefs are the disciplined team, and that's going to help them in the Super Bowl. But on the flip side here, San Fran did the same thing to the Detroit Lions. Detroit got a little cute. They had a lead. They choked it away. Now, don't get me wrong. The Niners had things bounce their way. When they have a guy in the right spot in the Detroit Lions secondary and it bounces off his dome into the waiting arms of Brandon Ayuk, who takes it down to the two-yard line and they proceed to score, that's unlucky. That's one of those situations where one out of a thousand times that happens, but it happened then. They had a massive lead and they choked. But they didn't panic. The Niners did not panic. They got down three scores. What happened? They were cool. They were calm. The moment was not too big. This is going to be a phenomenal matchup for that exact reason. Both teams will be prepared. Both teams will come in. If the the Niners start off slow, they will not abandon the run, just like the way the, the Ravens did. If the Chiefs get up early, the Niners won't panic. And this is going to be a very big test for Kansas City. I don't think you will see the same um, game plan from Kansas City against the Niners that you saw against the Ravens. I don't. And the Ravens were a team that when they got down, they abandoned the run completely. Six runs from running backs in that game. Now, on the other side here, the Niners won't. They'll, they'll pound the rock down three scores with McCaffrey as long as it's not the fourth quarter. They're not going to try and put Brock Purdy into a situation where Steve Spagnuolo can send the house, where Spags can play this cover two while also blitzing, and then Brock Purdy, while as great of a processor as he is, it's difficult to process when you are on your back. A um, couple more comments to get to. Um Flapjack City, you're good, dude. Uh, Tom Hood says the playoffs are a whole different story compared to the regular season. The Ravens' inexperience in those types of games was obvious. And yeah, they've been to the playoffs a decent amount of times. And obviously Harbo or Harbaugh has been that guy. He's been there. But the team as a whole with Lamar Jackson, the wide receivers, the defense, I think it showed. Um Isaiah Pacheco going to play in Super Bowl as Trevor Smith. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, looking from what I am gathering right now, you're looking like you're going to probably see Willie Gay Jr. back. I mean, he was legit questionable before this game. He now has two weeks with that neck injury. So I would expect to see Willie Gay Jr. back. Obviously, no Charles and Minahu. I would expect to see Isaiah Pacheco play. And I would not expect to see Joe Tooney. Uh, asking around, seeing some sources. 
Um, would not expect to see Joe Tooney play in this game. So you're going to expect uh, Nick Allegretti to get two more weeks of, of reps. And quite frankly, Nick Allegretti was fine. Again, he's not all pro one. He's not Joe Tooney. But he's probably not going to be the reason you lose or win a game, which is what you want to have in a backup offensive lineman. There's a reason he's a backup, right? But he ain't going to lose you a game. So it's going to be Nick Allegretti from the sources that i am uh, been talking to so far. And um, it's going to be okay. I, I think the Chiefs offensive line has been, quite frankly, playing their best football outside of Creed Humphrey's snaps. I mean, Creed Humphrey's snaps are alarming a little bit. Let's be real now. I don't know why he's wanting to give Mahomes one hoppers back there. Luckily, Mahomes, uh, the shortstop, former shortstop that he was, is apparently a gold glover back there. And then it's Andrelton Simmons. He's scooping up everything. But that makes me at least a little bit nervous. Uh, I do see a super chat here from Flapjack City asking, yo, 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 is Jet coming back? The answer is no, no, no. He had surgery. Um... Last I checked, it was something, a pelvic surgery. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the, the, the notes of that in front of me, but uh, no, uh, McKinnon won't be back for this game. You'll still see, obviously, Clyde Edwards-Alaire getting a, a, a dash of snaps, a smattering, if you will, and then you'll see Isaiah Pacheco get the lion's share once again. When you look at what the Chiefs have done offensively in the playoffs, What they did game plan and scheme-wise against the Dolphins and the Bills, I thought was going to work. I didn't think it was going to work against the Ravens, and it did. And here was the game plan and scheme the Chiefs have gone with. They have tried out a wide receiver rotation all season long. They have tried guy after guy after guy. It has not worked. So what did the Chiefs do? They said, we're going to throw to Kelsey. We're going to throw to Rice. And we're going to run with Pacheco. Everyone else, you will get two two targets tops, basically, and call it a day. At most, you're going to get two targets to MVS, to Watson, to McColl, a couple to Noah Gray, and, and that's it. We're going to focus on Rice, Kelsey, and Pacheco running the football. And I go, that will work against the Dolphins. That will work against the Bills who have been banged up, who don't have a great secondary, don't have a great defense. I did not think it was going to work against the Ravens, and boy, was I wrong. Andy Reid, Matt Nagy. They have found something. Whatever it is, they really don't need a secondary or tertiary guy, I should say, tertiary or or, or fourth option to really step up. Now, I'm not saying you can't have them at all make a catch here and there, but when I say I wanted to see a tertiary guy step up and what I thought was going to have to happen against the Ravens, I thought MVS or Watson, someone was going to go for 65 plus. (laughs) No, they just focused on Kelsey, 11 catches, 11 targets. They focused on Rice. Eight catches, nine targets. Doing a little quick math off the top of my head right now. 19 for 20. Does not suck. So yes, that has been the game plan. And I think it continues against a 49ers defense, which again, very good. But not as good as the Ravens. Javarius Ward's great. But the rest of the secondary is average. Again, you can take advantage against the uh, 49ers secondary. If they're not getting pressure up front, again, Bosa, Eric Armstead, you know, this is going to be a great matchup to watch. The offensive line has to hold. But if they give Mahomes time in this game, 
he'll be able to pick on a relatively average 49ers secondary. Um, Quentin Lovett said earlier, I had high hopes for Tony. Now it could care less if we keep him. I think that's a very good point. <laughs> I think the majority of folks are in that same boat as you, Quentin. After his comments, after his outburst, I'm done, man. I would be shocked if he played a, another game in Kansas City. And I would honestly be fairly shocked if he played another game in the NFL. That's now two teams. Two teams where he has said, I'm not injured. I'm not injured. Don't you realize most likely the Chiefs are trying to do you a favor, guy? Don't, don't you realize that the Chiefs are trying to save face, your face? And Tony just does not get it. Um, I think SoundCloud is more or less probably what he's going to be uh, rocking on instead of the football field. Again, it's a fine trade. I liked the shot at the time. I understood it. He helped win a Super Bowl. I will always have a fond memory of, of, of him in, in the Super Bowl and the playoffs. But sometimes you got to move on. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. It's like electricity, right? The Chiefs were able to harness the electricity for one playoff run. But now they can't they can't harness it. The electricity's out. It's shocking everyone. And it's not a good shock. It's one of those bad shocks where you you, you turn on the light and you're like, ah, what the hell? Will you rub your feet on the ground with socks and then you you touch someone and you're just like you're shocking? That's what Tony is. He's shocking his own team. It's not good. So Tony, most likely, I would have to imagine, is done in Kansas City. Now, what will be interesting is he probably still has to go to the Super Bowl in, in the media section of things. Remember Marshawn Lynch when he had to go and just sit there and say, I'm here so I don't get fined? This is going to be fascinating over the next two weeks. I will be there in Vegas. I will be there at Arrowhead West. Um, and I will keep everyone posted on if Tony is there or not. This will be very... <laughs> Interesting to watch, but again, the Chiefs have much bigger issues in wanting to deal with a wide receiver five. Um, as angry drunken German says, any trade that wins a Super Bowl was worth it. Yeah, again, same thing with Frank Clark, right? Like we can debate all we want. Was Frank Clark worth that contract? End of the day, you know you won a couple couple Super Bowls with him here. I think you make that trade every single time. Does it? Um, is that a lot of million million bucks per sack? <laughs> yeah. In the day, those rings, those flags, they fly forever. Now let's get to a couple more comments here. Uh, Charles Driver says they tried to take Mahomes out, but he just bent like rubber and, and won the game. Yeah, dude, I was nuts. And you saw Bobby Stroop on the uh, uh, on the X talking about this and showing some of the workouts that Mahomes goes through. They plan for this. They somehow try and make Mahomes as malleable, as flexible as possible. And they put him in these weird situations, not in just the game, but to try and work on what happens if you get put in this in game time situations. How can you try and keep your knees from snapping? You watch that video back. You have no idea how... He didn't tear something, how something didn't pop out. I mean, I was, he looked like Gumby. 
but he was fine. He tried to stay up. I, I, I still can't get over that. So, yeah, give a huge shout out to Bobby Stroop. Give a huge shout out to Mahomes for working out those um, working out his body to to be malleable and try to be flexible in uncomfortable positions. Because I think the majority of players, quarterbacks around the NFL would have had a major game ending injury there. Mahomes, on the other hand, did not. Uh, Matt Connor, who's not here, hopefully you're feeling better. Matt says, hey, where's the awesome and hilarious guy with the long hair, beard and sings like an angel? Yeah, I miss you, Matt. I miss you. Feel better, dude. Uh, Bryson Cruz says, hey, Sterling, just tuned in. But what do you think is the Chiefs' best opportunity to win the Super Bowl? In my opinion, it seems like it should be a big Pacheco game. The Niners run D hasn't looked good to me. Uh, Good question, Bryson. I think it comes from, I don't disagree necessarily, but I do think it's going to come down to give Mahomes time. If you give Mahomes time, he will find a way. Yeah, you'll give a heavy dose of Pacheco, but if Mahomes has time in this game, Kelsey will get open, Rasheed Rice will get open, Mahomes will find the right guy, and he'll have to run if he has to. You know, as good of a pass rusher as Bosa is, He gets paid for sacks. You don't get paid for stopping the run or necessarily even keeping the pocket intact. If he rushes a little too quick from everyone else, if it's not an amoeba coming at Mahomes, just like Josh Allen, he will run away and pick up the first down. So I'm intrigued to see how the offensive line holds up. That, to me, will be the key in this game. Again, yeah, Pacheco, giving him 15, 20 carries, that's going to be nice. But if if Mahomes can stay upright and the offensive line is not getting a whole bunch of penalties and they can give Mahomes time, that, to me, will be the key in this game. Um, let's see, some more right here. Uh, Raiders have to watch the Chiefs win a Super Bowl in their house before they even get a chance to play a playoff game in their own house from Gary. That's great. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure Davis is thrilled with that one. Uh, Chiefs again asked, who's going to stop McCaffrey? Yeah, the linebackers are going to have to step up, man. Uh, Nick Bolton has has not had his best games come so far in the playoffs. I think Bolton's been, quite frankly, a little disappointing this playoff run. I love Nick Bolton. Love Nick Bolton, but he's had some better games, man. Uh, Drew Tranquil is playing his best football. Nick Bolton's going to have to be decisive. Nick Bolton's going to have to be aggressive. He's going to have to get downhill quick. Nick Bolton's going to have his plate full, but I do think him, Drew Tranquil, and then obviously uh, the return of Willie Gate Jr. will be a, a big factor, but I wonder how much you'll see Leo Chanel as well. With no Charles and Minahu, do you line up and try and get a little more speed on the outside and a little more coverage ability, a little more versatility in general with Leo out there? Or do you roll up Malik Herring and just give a smattering of Leo? Uh, Spag's game plan is going to be fascinating to watch. He will have two weeks, and I firmly expect to see uh, Brock Purdy seen ghosts, which is even funnier when you realize his backup quarterback is Sam Darnold, who had that legendary quote. Um Mo Matt says the Niners run game is very similar to the Dolphins, not Bills, meaning more East-West and not North-South. Yeah, and the Chiefs are much better East-West because their cornerbacks can tackle. Because McDuffie and Legereus are great tackling one-on-one because Justin Reed is great tackling one-on-one. 
they're a, a unique issue for a lot of east-west horizontal run teams. They're very talented in that regard. North-south is where the Chiefs' defense can typically get banged up on the ground. But again, you're right. While they do have the, the Shanahan run game, I'll point out McCaffrey's a little different beast. McCaffrey can run north-south a little more effectively than Devon Achan. So he does pose, again, the complete package here instead of a little more horizontal. He can do either or. Um, ADG says, Sterling, how how big should we allow the spread to grow before hammering that insane spread? Man, whatever you want. I it started off at, what, two and a half, two. Then it was down to one. Now it looks like it's back up to two. Uh, last I checked on DraftKings, which again, use code Arrowhead if you do want to bet on DraftKings. Use our code. Always helps us out. Um, John. Fun question from John. Is Spags the greatest D coordinator of all time? Crazy. There's not much chatter for him to snag a head coaching gig. Now, greatest of all time is is tough, but will he be the first? Who, who are we talking to with this? Um, I, I, sorry, I'm blanking on who I was talking to. It was, is Spags going to be the first defensive coordinator inducted into the Hall of Fame? He's won so many Super Bowls, multiple different teams, different styles. Spags is the best big game coordinator we might have ever seen. You, you can say Bill Belichick when he was a defensive coordinator, right? His, his game plan is now in the Hall of Fame. But when you look at what Spags has done, It's absurd. It's asinine. Most defenses get worse in the playoffs to be expected because you're going up against the best competition. Spags defenses get better. This is very, very rare. Leslie Frazier, for example, very good defensive coordinator, right? What happens in the playoffs? It doesn't translate. Like Lou Anarumo, I think, was one of those guys where I think you see some of the translations, a big game coordinator, if you will, for the Bengals. But Nothing like the ilk that is Steve Spagnuolo. In regards to him getting a head coaching opportunity, I think part of that is his age. I think part of it is he does not want to as well. Uh, I think he's probably fairly content here in Kansas City, job security, especially again at his age. Uh, I don't know why there hasn't been more push in the national media for him to get a uh, head coaching opportunity, but I, I think it's a little bit of a two-way street here. It's also difficult when a lot of teams want to sign guys uh, before the Super Bowl even gets underway, right? A lot of guys want to get their head coach now, and now you have to wait two more weeks because Spags and the Chiefs, obviously, are consistently in the playoffs, going deep in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. So it makes it a little more difficult. It's also why I think Eric Bieniemy, for example, had a little bit more of a struggle when you're sitting here and you have to wait, you have to wait, wait, wait. And guys don't want to wait. Teams don't want to wait. They want to get their guy in place now. Um, uh, Purdy running as a win for the defense. I don't know if I can get there, man. Brock Purdy's not a great runner. He's not Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. But Brock Purdy had a couple of backbreaking runs in the playoffs so far. Um I, I, I think Brock Purdy's legs are actually an underrated positive for the 49ers. Now, again, if he's running a whole bunch and he's running for his life and taking a whole bunch of hits, then yeah, I'm with you. But Brock Purdy is more athletic than I think people realize. He's better than people realize. Um, he's not an elite quarterback, 
but he's not buns, man. He's not two scoops of ass. I, I truthfully think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. I think he's better than Jimmy G. Now, he's not a game-changing quarterback, and, and part of my optimism for Kansas City is when you look at some of the touchdowns given up from the Chiefs defense so far, what have they been? A moon ball from Tua to Tyreek Hill. Josh Allen making a couple of phenomenal plays, right? Josh Allen played great in that game, by the way. Phenomenal plays. And then against the Ravens, it was the best play was Lamar Jackson making a Lamar Jackson play. Brock Purdy ain't making that play. And then the other biggest play of the game was Lamar Jackson throwing a ball that was tipped to himself that he was able to catch and run for a first down. Like, I don't think Brock Purdy's making that play. So as much as I think Brock Purdy's a solid quarterback, he doesn't have that next level. If he can't get to that next level for at least two, three, maybe even four plays, I don't see how they take advantage or even score 17 points against this Chiefs defense. I, I just don't. Um, it takes Herculean, Herculean quarterback play to really make a dent in this Chiefs defense. It took Zach Wilson becoming the prime body of Aaron Rodgers for a half for them to do anything. Like, just take a look back at all the great quarterbacks the Chiefs have played this season, just all the teams they've played this season. Doesn't matter who they play. They lock you up. So Brock Purdy is going to have to make some plays that I think are outside of his comfort zone if they want to score enough points. Now, he's made a couple of really nice plays um, against the Packers, in particular one of those throws on the run to George Kittle that was like a 30-plus yarder. That was an absolute dime. Um, if he makes plays like that consistently, I think you're sitting here going, okay, now watch out. But I've not seen that sort of consistency in the um, game-changing realm, right? Typically, it's he's a great processor. He gets the ball on the mark to a Brandon Ayuk to make a play. And again, he's not just checking the ball down. His, his average depth of target is outstanding. He's not checking the ball down. But again, it's not necessarily him forcing a ball into a very tight window. It's not necessarily him uh, scrambling out and throwing across his body. That's just going to blow your mind. That's not what he does. So if you can get him off schedule, that's when I really like the Chiefs' chances. Just how, again, they got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens off schedule, and then we saw what happened. Um, couple more questions before we bring on Richard and do a little, uh, little must list, a uh, couple more questions to get to, um, Oregon fishing says this secondary can cover the other receivers. Sneed will do his shutdown thing as usual front seven going to eat. Yeah, but this will be one of the biggest tests this secondary has faced. Because they are so deep. They're so multiple. Debo Samuel does a little bit of everything. I think him out of the backfield probably scares me more than anything. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I will say, if you are in the analytical community, you think Brandon Ayuk is a top five wide receiver. If you just watch the 49ers, you just watch football, and you're not super into analytics, you probably just think he's a really good wide receiver. I think Brandon Ayuk is perpetually underrated. I, I am more in the analytical version of Brandon Ayuk is an absolute wide receiver one and a game changer. I really believe that. Legereus Sneed is going to have his hands full. 
but he is of any cornerback in the NFL, especially this year. He's the guy I trust and he will be up to the task. Debo Samuel, the, the, the key with him, especially when he's out of the backfield is you have to wrap him up and bring him down. He is so strong. His legs are like tree trunks. He is one of the most difficult guys to tackle. When you watch him, it just looks like dudes bounce off him, right? So the Chiefs, great tackling team, especially in the secondary, but you have to make sure, you have to make sure you rally around and bring him down because he will kill you on yards after the catch. Um, all right, let's see. Let's not forget the Packers and Lions were having their way with the 49ers defense. Yeah, I mean, the, the Lions really were. I, I I I I will take Patrick Mahomes over Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff's underrated, but let's be real now. Ain't nobody taking that one. Um, all right, just a couple final thoughts before we bring on Richard here. I think the Chiefs win. I'll give my score prediction a little uh, later on. I will be in Vegas for, again, covering the Super Bowl for Radio Row. So I'll be heading out there on Sunday. Patrick Allen and myself will have a little bit of a wonky week next week. But this week is still normal. Patrick with you on Thursday. Adam Best and myself tomorrow. Guys, just, just, just picture this. Remember when we hated the Patriots and they always won and we felt like no other team got an opportunity? That's how other teams view us now. We're the hunted, we're the hated, and this is fun. Enjoy this. Enjoy it. This, for me, is one of the most entertaining seasons that I have watched because the Chiefs haven't just rolled through the regular season. They've not just rolled through teams. But they found a way that last year was a rebuilding year to win the Super Bowl. And this year, when things were tough, they did not roll over. They showed resilience against adversity, and they are finding a way. And yet again, they are back in the Super Bowl. If there is any sort of extra optimism for when a season is the regular season, I should say, is not going your way. Uh, I talked to Kay Adams today. Uh, Kay Adams, that interview is actually going to drop uh, either tomorrow, probably most likely. Um, I think it's actually going to be here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. So take a look out for that uh, Kay Adams interview I did. But she talked to Gronkowski. And basically, uh, Gronk was alluding to it sounded like, when you're constantly in the playoffs, you're going deep. Maybe you don't take the regular season, not saying that they don't take it serious, but you can take it up another level come playoff time. There is a little bit of a switch where you go, all right, we need this. We have to have it. The Patriots have it, and it looks like the Chiefs might have that gear as well. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Uh, All right, everyone, we will talk with you tomorrow with Adam Best, Patrick Allen with you on Thursday. Again, great content coming your way for the next two weeks. Richard, get your ass in here. What's up, Sterling? Yeah, you're you muted again. I, I knew you. I, I'm muted? No, you're. I just wanted some tea. I needed tea. Oh, okay. Oh, you're trying to mess with me. All right. Well, happy to be here. Happy I'm not muted. All right. Uh, who's going to start here? What, what do you think? And I'll let you start with the uh, with the must list here. Yeah, I'd like you to, to outro this. That was really rough for me last week. Uh, so for, for this week, job. 
Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. For this week, I'm going to recommend a uh, a band I kind of was just deciding to listen to after a while of being told to listen to it. Uh, it's Nashville, Tennessee's The Proto Men. Uh, I'm not sure. If, I'm sure you've never heard of them, but they're a really cool band. Uh, they've released two albums that I know of that were uh, inspired by Mega Man. So they made a rock opera about the video game, the NES video game Mega Man. Um, and and it kind of kicks ass. It's like a it's like a little new wave. The first album's a little punk. Uh, the second album they did like a few years later is a lot more new wave, a lot more prog. It's uh it's cool. And you don't need to care about Mega Man. It's literally just in the background. They're just making references, and you don't even realize it. It's just good music, and then it just happens to be kind of nerdy at the same time. So the Proto Men, uh, check out Act One and Act Two. It's it's kick ass. What you got, Sterling? Dude, you're kick ass. Thank you, brother. You're kick-ass. Uh, I'm going with Eric Johnson's album. Uh, what's the album called? Ah, Via Musicom. Uh, so, so damn good. Uh, I'm sure if you're a guitarist, you know Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson is your guitarist's favorite guitarist. I mean, he is just so incredible. And this entire album, phenomenal. I love the way it's recorded as well. Everything is so crisp so clean. The drum sound to me is impeccable. You can hear every single guitar note, every single pick. It's just, it really gets me going. I've never really listened to the full album before. And this past week, I've just been enamored by it. Uh, I think everyone probably knows, majority of people probably know Cliffs of Dover. That's a very famous song by him, but trademark Desert Rose, um, Highlandrons. I mean, like just it's so unique. There's some country, there's some folk, there's some hard rock. There's a little bit of funk in there. Um, Eric Johnson, Avia Musicom. If you want to really listen to a really good guitar album, there's a little bit of singing. Half the songs have um, his voice and the other half are just instrumental. But <laughs> dude, they rip. Just absolutely shred. I'll have to check it out. I've, I've heard of Cliffs of Dover, but I, 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 we were talking before the show. I've never... I've never heard of his name, unfortunately. So, All right, Richard, putting in the spot here. Did the Chiefs get it done? Did the Chiefs win? Oh, they will. I know they will. And I've already made a bet to uh, to the members in our in our private Discord that if you have a membership, you could join that Discord right now. Uh, I told them they're going to pick a jersey for me when they win, and they will win the Super Bowl, and they're going to pick a jersey for me. I don't know what it's going to be. Oh, dude, you're going to get the most obscure jersey. You know that, right? Like, yeah, you understand that they're not going to pick – Mahomes or Kelsey, or they're going to pick somebody that the Chiefs fan, Chiefs fans hate. So, and just to make make it awkward for me to have that jersey, so it's going to be something really good. I'm like excited. Kadarius Tony. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have a Tony jersey. I'm pretty sure that's what's lined up for me right now. Is a nice Tony jersey. Uh, Matt Connor has, I think, the only dude in the world outside of actually Prince Tegumanogo to have a Prince Tegumanogo jersey. Um, some so for some reason, third string left tackles never get the love they deserve. Maybe I can join that club too and, and yeah. have a, have a jersey as well. Mm. Well, everyone, thank you so much for hanging out with us for the AMA right here on the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Again, we'll be back tomorrow. Adam Best and myself. Until then, we'll see you later. What does innovation sound like? 
It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.